We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. He's back for his monthly update with us. It's Yoni Mazer of Gatita. And remember, he's the C. You're not exactly the CFO. You have a fun name for it. Tell us exactly your position at uh, Gatita. Yeah, I'm the Chief Growth Officer, which is uh, CGO. I like to laugh about it sometimes. I say I'm the Chief Gangster Officer, CGO. So. I love it. It's Chief Growth Officer. And so, did your company grow in 2022? Let's start there. Yeah, thank God. Um, we did pretty well. Um, growth was, was healthy, yeah. And so, you know, I know you do the consumer trends, and, and I'm sure a lot of clients came to you for that because nobody was sure in this inflationary period what was what. And so how did you help your clients um, this past year? So uh, one component for our clients that we helped with was, um, you, know, uh, you know, logistics and financial reconciliation, uh, especially for um, – for third-party, uh, you know, uh, Amazon sellers who sell on Amazon's platform, uh, they move a lot of inventory from, you know, from all, you know, from all over the world, actually. Um, so uh, we have technology developed that helps them to reconcile everything to make sure that uh, everything's uh, done properly. Uh, and of course, if anything is gone missing or damaged or has an issue, uh, we're able to help them solve it. Uh, so this way, uh, they can really utilize the the maximum value of their inventory and, uh, you know. Uh, uh, achieve maximum cost reduction and, um, and profitability. So uh, today we're all focused on the profit because this is times of uh, cooling down. You know the economy is not that, not that hot because uh, when the economy is hot, a lot of companies try to just maximize revenue, right? Sales, sales, revenue, revenue. Uh, they think less about profit, but when things get tight, uh, profit becomes a centerpiece. Because uh, if you're a profitable business, you stay in business. If you're not profitable, you probably go out of business. Um, so uh, our solutions can help them stay profitable. So hopefully they can stay in business and prosper for many years. And I'm sure you have a nice rollover of clientele into 2023. So what's the new year looking like for not only Gatita, but for the consumer? So for the consumer, this is times of austerity a little bit. Um, you know, everything's kind of hanging on the balance on the edge mm-hmm. in terms of the economy. Uh, and you know, we'll all kind of feel and, and predict that there's going to be a, a recession, uh, but not sure really uh, how and when. Um, and it's kind of a funny situation. You know, people are, and consumers are holding back a little bit. Uh, but if looking into Q4 of 2022, uh, you know, the holiday season, you know, consumers were okay. They were shopping. Uh, they did not hold back too much. They did hold back maybe on things that are more... Um, you know, luxury or, or uh, really prohibitive, but uh, for the most part, the stuff they really wanted or needed, uh, they, they purchased it and they got it. So the results were okay for uh, for, for the season. I did a little survey uh, online, and um, at least for Amazon sellers, and it seems like that uh, for their, you know, uh, entire 2022, uh, the experience, uh, 55% indicated that they experienced growth, so their business is still growing. 55%, which is healthy, is pretty good. And then about, I believe, 20, 25% business actually uh, went down, right? They, they mm-hmm. generated less revenue, uh, and the rest of them pretty much stay the same. 
So if I would run the survey for 2021, I would probably see that, you know, over 80% of the Amazon sellers, their business grew. Uh, but now that, you know, number is down to like 55%. So, so growth is still there, but it's cooling off. Uh, and it's all coming because of the, the consumers. The consumers cooling off and, you know, and, and on their purchases. Uh, it's still growing, it's still okay, but it's cooling off. It's taking a break in a way or reducing the speed. Uh, that's how it's affecting, you know, the businesses out there. All right, Yoni. Well, I, it's good to know that people were still spending. Now, do you see that spending going down in January or are people going to use up the gift cards now that they might have got at Christmas time? I mean, they will use the gift cards. That's fine. That's a little booster, but uh, <laughs> you get a lot of refunds, you know, stuff that people realize, ah, I don't really need it and stuff like that. Uh, that's when they might go for a refund. So that kind of takes away from the, the beauty and glory of Q4. That's kind of, uh, you know, you can ask any major retailer that, you know, um, Q4 is uh, the party, but Q1 is the hangover. So that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and, and people kind of uh, start gearing up to follow their taxes and looking through their, their expenses. So, uh, and, to, you know, the, the household income. So they, 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 they button up and uh, tie the belt. So uh, it's definitely in Q1 for, you know, for consumers. It's a, a, a cool-off period. It's a, it's a period where they, they have to be more sober looking into uh, their numbers and their spending. But nevertheless, when people need something uh, and consumers need something here in the United States, they're still in the sense and motion of, yeah, we're just going to purchase it. We're going to get it. We're going to look for deals. We're going to look for the best offer, um, but we're going to get it. It's not times of, I would say, recession or depression yet, at least on the, on the psychology of the consumer. You know, it's always interesting because around this time, January, February, is really just a, a dull period. Do you find that with finances as well, like the market's not really moving or it's actually dipping? So... Do you expect the same these next couple of months where it's freezing cold? And and as you say, is the economy going to be that cold these couple of months? Um, yes, they're expecting that, you know, it's going to be a, a, a pretty um, cold uh, Q1 and Q2 on the financial markets, especially if the Federal Reserve uh, will keep, you know, raising interest rates or even stay at the same level of interest rates, which is very, very likely. Because uh, the, the more uh, they raise the rates or keep it at this, you know, this uh, higher level than before, uh, the more expensive money is, right? So if the money is expensive, uh, people uh, and businesses are less willing to, you know, uh, raise money or borrow money to grow their business, right? And hire more people and build more factories and build businesses, uh, less and less of that. Uh, so all these public companies and traded companies and stuff like that, um, their growth levels will be affected. They're not going to be as uh, growth-oriented and the, the numbers and results is not going to be as, as pretty. So... Uh, looking into that, you know, the, the market is really an, an indicator of the future. That's what really the market is trying to be, and that's what they're indicating. They're indicating, you know, money is more expensive than before. There's a good chance that money uh, will become even more expensive. And because of that, things are looking a bit colder. But still, you know, still there's companies borrowing and doing what they got to do because they can really calculate and see, okay, even though money is more expensive, you know, after everything's said and done, we're going to make money. So we're okay with it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as uh, cheap you know it's, it's more expensive what we like to pay in terms of our margins but we're still gonna make money so they're gonna go for it so it's not like complete freeze it's just you know cool off where you know there's less willing uh but there's definitely still a whole lot there are there are willing and they will uh you know to, you know do what they gotta do to, to keep moving forward in same in same manner as people buying you know purchasing homes you know if, if you really need a home and eventually you can afford it even though it's more expensive than it was before because the mortgage rate will be uh, higher but you go for it, you do it. You got to, you know, keep moving forward. You want to have a bigger space, a better, you know, property for you, your, your children, your family. You want to, you know, 
have a good experience. So you do it, you move forward. So in the same little indicator of, of humans with their homes, uh, the economy kind of, uh, and the financial markets, you know, move, move forward uh, regardless of, um, you know, if, if uh, things are more expensive, but you can still afford it. All right, we are seeing a trillion, $1.7 trillion spending bill being touted today by both Biden and McConnell down in Kentucky. But I'm going to ask you, do these trillion-dollar spending bills affect the consumer? I mean, it always just seems like, all right, that happens. But do we really see the, do we really feel the impact? I guess I don't as much, and maybe I should be paying attention to that. But will people feel, the cons- feel this trillion-dollar bill more so than maybe other uh, spending bills that we've had before? I mean, if you compare it to uh, during the peak of Corona, where they really kind of released billions of dollars directly to the pockets of, of, of you know the population and consumers, and that really gave a lift to you know household income and uh, and savings and and spending and, and, and consumerism. Uh, so that was a kind of a direct um, action. Here, it's uh, it's more generalistic. It's 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 across the board for all the you know the United States uh, you know government branches and departments. So. Uh, in that matter, I don't think it's going to be like immediate momentum, immediate effect. Maybe it'll be a trickle down effect uh, where you know, there's more budgets to create more, you know, uh, more better education systems, better army, and if the army is and uh, in, in the navy and things of that nature, uh, they're going to start, you know, purchasing more and more equipment and, and things like that. So that will help the factories and the businesses. But I, w- I will not see direct momentum uh, at the short run. Maybe in the long run. So it's not going to help us in Q1, Q2 uh, for financial markets, as far as I can see. Well, we talked about this before about the interest rates. Do you see them raising it in the next couple of months, or has have they they calmed down with that? I think the, the it really depends on the, the inflation level. So if uh, the inflation is still uh, kind of uh, there, uh, you know, maybe about four or five percent at that rate, uh, it could be that they're going to still raise uh, the interest. Uh, it could be a half a percent, a quarter percent, or it could be even like you know symbolic, you know, a fraction of a percent. Just to show that they're, you know, signaling that they're still raising because interest still here, uh, inflation is still here. So it's a real battle between, you know, the Fed, you know, the Federal Reserve against inflation. So if the inflation kind of picks his head, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve is going to use the hammer, and the hammer is, you know, raising interest. Uh, but if, in the, you know, the, the the inflation really shows that they're under four, under under three, or things of that nature, it could be that they say, okay, you know, for, for now we're just going to stay still. I'm going to keep interest rate as it is. I give another 30 days, see where it's at, and inflation still the same place or going down. Uh, it might signal that they're gonna start reducing uh, and lowering the interest. Uh, so it's it's a battle. It's just a boxing match, um, and it really depends on the opponent. And the main opponent is inflation. Well, I always thought that raising the interest rates, interest rates increases inflation, or is that sort of a myth? Uh, depends. It really depends. So. Uh, we just experienced, you know, since 2008, where the, we had the global financial uh, uh, crisis, uh, you know, we had the subprime mortgages collapse and everything. That's when uh, the Federal Reserve really uh, uh, dropped interest, uh, you know, pretty much to, to zero, close to, or close to zero. And we went to a period of, you know, over a decade or over even 12, or more than 12 years where interest rates were really low and money was cheap. So, but inflation, for the most part, uh, stayed steady. It was, it was okay. Uh, and but then COVID hit in, and and that's where really the the pendulum swing started to to hit all over the place, and our interest really raised its head. So it's it's a you know the economy is a complex system, uh, has has all these influences coming from all over the place. Um, so really 2020 uh, into 2021, that's when interest really lifted its head up to dimensions uh, that we haven't seen since the 80s, about 40 years, uh, and that's where it's at. So 
you know, if you can really package the 12 or 13 years since 2008, uh, I know lower, low, you know, lower interest rates uh, doesn't really contribute uh, too much to inflation. It really depends on many other factors of the economy. Uh, so for the most part, I would say statistically, looking into the numbers, uh, it doesn't. So lower interest uh, or lower interest rates uh, not necessarily contribute to inflation. Well, that's that's interesting to know. Uh, one last thing, because obviously you do work with the Amazon influencer space, and so how is that to end 2022? And are you seeing a large retention number, if you will, or are people continuing in the program heading into 2023? Yes, definitely. Uh, the digital age, age of social media and, and influence and, and content, and content is king, and the attention of people, if you yeah. can really reach and influence the attention of people, yeah. it's gold. It's, it's worth more than gold these days. Even if you have gold, it's cute. But if you can really influence people to, to, to shift them to and direct them to <laughs> buy products, that's, that's, that's really gold or more than gold today. So yeah. definitely momentum is there. It's um, it's working. It's on the rise. Yeah. Uh, and, and Amazon wants more yeah. of that. Uh, uh, once again, it, it, if you really drill down to it, it's the focus and the attention of people. And if you walk around, you see people are becoming zombies. They're always kind of, you know, into their phone, into the content that's out there in social media platforms. And the ones that dominate those fears and, and, and have the attention of, the, uh, of these people, uh, they're winning. They're winning big, and and big platforms like Amazon, they want a piece of the action, so they're rewarding them with good compensation. So, um, yeah, I, I predict it's gonna, you know, gonna keep uh, rising and then growing. Um, you know, and you, uh, you guys help them get into the program, right? So tell us your role at Katita with that. No, no. So we don't necessarily, um, we cannot really help anybody because it's really on Amazon. Uh, at least on Amazon, they have their own um, guidelines and rules, which are. T- to be honest, they're not clear. Nobody really knows what they're really looking for. So we, we, the best you can do is really apply and give them all the stats, and they're going to make their decision. It's like a weird audition almost. You know, you don't know. It's like trying to get an, uh, you know, a role with the Hollywood. You go to an audition, you don't really know what's the, the real thing that gets you in or not. It's kind of vague. But uh, what we do uh, help with is um, just the awareness. So if you're, not, if you're listening to this or watching this, and you're not aware that Amazon has a program for influencers where they really compensate you well, uh, now you do. So we really put the, uh, the attention out there uh, to, to that option. Uh, it's called uh, AIP, Amazon Influencer Program. Just go there uh, or Google it and, and log into the program and apply. And if you get in um, and drive traffic into Amazon and consumer shop and buy, you, you're going to get a, you know, uh, a good compensation. For the most part, it's about 10%. So let's say, for example, you're able to drive traffic that generated $1 million in revenue, you're going to get $100,000. If you, you know, the traffic you drove into Amazon generated $10 million, you're going to get a $1 million. So pretty lucrative, pretty good, uh, especially when you're working with real established brands and you can really create volume, um, an amazing program, a great opportunity you know, for the digital age. So our little role is attention and awareness because um, you know, there's so much noise out there and so many possibilities and options. The little we do is really raise your awareness and attention to this matter. Well, that's very cool. Real quick, I know you left sort of the day-to-day workspace, if you will, to go and be part of Amazon, and that's how Gatita grew, right? Out of your experience with the program, you decided to start your own company or co-found it? Yeah, so uh, what happened was, you know, uh, over a decade ago, we started selling products online. We are doing online retail. Back in the day, the platform we started on was eBay. That was like a main uh, arena back Mm -hmm. in those days. Uh, but then Amazon was up and coming, so we in 2013 we started selling on Amazon, and all of a sudden the business grew very very quickly from zero to 20 million in revenue, 
And then we became a part of a larger group. That together as a group, we're doing over 100 million in revenue. And the moment we got to those kind of dimensions and scales, we had to really uh, create a good solution for reconciling all the activity. You know, all the transactions, uh, logistically speaking, you know, all the inventory that moves from point A to point B, and all the fees involved, uh, you know, there's a lot of data going on, so we cannot really store it and handle it with uh, Excel spreadsheets. So that pushed us to create technology, right, and software to do that scale, but also to set up a dedicated team to keep managing that. And from that team um, and for that solution that created to ourselves, um, we told our friends from the industry uh, from the industry that we have these capabilities, so they told us, help us, we'll pay you. Mm. And that kind of spun off a brand new company called Getira, where we really focus on, focus on you know, reconciling you know, financial and logistics transactions for Amazon sellers uh, all over the world. So one thing leads to another, yeah. Getira 365, G-E-T-I-D-A 365 on Twitter. Yoni Mazur, you can be found on LinkedIn at Yoni, Y-O-N-I-M-A-Z-O-R. Thanks so much, as always, for joining for our monthly update. Let's do it again next month. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Alex. Happy New Year. I'm Alex Garrett. One leg up on the economy with Yoni Mazur to start 2023.